And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to another episode of this freaking show, the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. I am your host, Travis D, and alongside me, as always, Awkward Colin and Geek Cast Joe. And guys, um, I'm really excited for our guest we have on today. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, Us too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, Hilton Ariel Ruiz. Hey guys, what's up? Not uh, much. Just, Nothing much. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. So, uh, I just want to like really quick kind of like introduce who you are to um, our listeners. Yes, I'm actually the creator of Zombie with a Shotgun, which is a project that I'm working on right now. And I've just launched a project uh, two weeks ago on uh, Kickstarter, and I've uh, in the process of you know um, right now we are I would say about nine thousand uh, dollars. We're trying to raise fifty thousand dollars for the project. Um, it's a zombie project that started four years ago. Uh, started off as a web series, and. From four years ago, um, this, the series and the fan base just uh, got very popular. And um, we decided to go on to do a comic book from it as well. And bringing that comic book and bringing the process of bringing in an artist who was pretty known in the comic book world made the product even more bigger. And the fans kept on asking, you know, when are you going to make a feature length film? make a project, you know, full length set of a web series. And, you know, everybody wants that dream. Everybody wants to do that full length feature film project. Mm -hmm. And I decided, um, you know, well, first, you know, I went to a lot of, uh, you know, trying to find investors and trying to find, you know, production houses, people who just wanted to come along in the, in, in the, in the industry. And I have find a lot of people were very interested, but you know, the problem is, is, you know, taking over the project um, or I was, I say, you know, um, trying to take my farm and just leave me with a cow, you know, and I just couldn't be able to somebody mm. to take the whole farm and not be able to have any sort of creativity or just, you know, just taking something that I, you know, really care for and I really, you know, put a hard, you know, work into it. So I decided to, you know, yeah. let me go, let me go this route. Let me go to the Kickstarter. I've heard so many, uh, stories of how much work it, you know, has to be done for it. So I was like, you know what? I mean, look, it is what it is. I mean, I think if, um, you know, if, if we would be able to uh, do it the way, you know, the fans want it to be or do it in where you have control, this would be the way to do it. So that's where we're at right now. And I'm um, trying to get on to, you know, promote it as I am on the show to try to get it as much to the fans, to people, horror fans, zombie fans, and try to get the word, of the, you know, spread the word about the project that uh, needs to be helped to be um and again you know that this this project is only going to be done or created by the fans so that's uh right now where we at you know so it's on you listeners <laughs> absolutely <laughs> become fans and then back this project yeah <laughs> now um where did uh where did the idea of uh, zombie with a shotgun come from? Because this is kind of different than other zombie movies, to where uh, the main character is actually the zombie himself. Yeah, I, I that's where you know again you know we we've been how many years we've been seeing zombie films and zombies kind of the same old kind of thing. Not saying they were bad, but I think is that how many years since we've been seeing you know Night of the Living Dead and it's become there's it hasn't evolved. I mean, if you really think about it. 
you know, Walking Dead is a very popular show. It is a great show, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, there's nothing from different from what we saw in Night of the Living Dead. It's just something that's in a higher profile, you know, budget, you know, it's just in a bigger, you know, in a larger scope. So I felt that, you know, watching these zombie films, like, hey, you know, what What if these zombies decided to say, hey, we're not going to take this anymore, you know, and mm-hmm. be able to genetically, you know, have the virus, you know, evolve, you know, and have some sort of zombie where the main character is the hero, the main character is the one that's be able to fight off what, you know, where, where we want them to be, you know, to get rid of them. But this zombie story, there's, there's a lot of elements in this also that's very different than, than also in the zombie films because, uh, again, you have the main zombie who's going to be a hero um, and more of kind of a world that you live in where, you know, the zombies are, you know, kind of uh, treated a little differently than how you see it in other zombie projects. And I just wanted to do my own interpretation of the zombie um, genre and I, uh, without, you know, having this whole mindless uh, zombies, even though you'll still see, you know, the, the, the classic mindless zombies. And, um, but the thing is, I felt that uh, the fans was, you know, I, it's kind of a lock into that mindset. Like, this is how the zombie film has to be the zombie genre. And there's these people that get really upset mm-hmm. when they say, oh, how can you change the whole mythology of this whole zombie, you know, world that's going on, you know? And I mean, there's no rules, you know? So, I thought it'd be just badass, you know, to have a freaking zombie that would be able to take over and um, fight what he believes. Yeah, and that's and that's that's my like exact thought when um, I found uh, all this information about uh, your um, <clears throat> your show, and, and it's like because uh, we had uh, we actually had uh, zombie like experts kind of come on our show. And kind of talk to us about like you know po- uh, post apocalyptic I can't say the word. Joey, what's post apocalyptic. There we go. That word. Um, <clears throat> we had like you know like you know what would you do? How would you react in situations like that? And when we talked about zombie movies, um, I was kind of in the same boat with the people you were like kind of describing. Uh, it's there's so much zombie like uh, movie shows like ideas out there, but it's all the same thing. No one ever wanted to do anything different. And that's the thing that drew me to uh, your web series is that it's it's zombies, but it's a twist on it. It's something different, something exciting, something you can get into. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's what intrigues a lot of, um, you know, the zombie fans, you know. And, of course, you have this, this, this title that's kind of intriguing at the same time, you know, with a zombie with a shotgun. You know, you, you, you know the, even the title could be a little bit misleading, but yet you'd be like, what, what is this? And I think that you know that first episode was really uh, important for for me to 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 create because that first episode definitely got everybody into the whole series. And I think also what what really intrigued a lot of people or just kind of like you know gave very curious was at that very first episode you see actually at the very end the zombie basically you know kissing his woman, and that also was kind of like whoa. You know, that really gave everybody like, whoa, we've never seen this this sort of like <laughs> zombie love or whatever you want to call it. But it was just a little different there. And I think that was that was actually one of the um, powerful moments in that episode is to see that at the very end and where it kind of like the mindset of a zombie fan kind of like was like, wait, uh, what is this? And you want to see more. And, you know... You know, unfortunately, you know, budget always dictates 
your story. And of course, having the web series, you know, we only had a limited, you know, you know, resources to make the story, but we, we did, you know, we did the best we can do. And, and that was another reason why we went to the comic book because we wanted to, you know, detail the story much more and have it more, you know, imagination, more fantasy and everything. And hopefully with creating the film, we can do some of those things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was actually, that was one of the things, uh, I saw it in the first episode where I was like, "Oh, I don't know how I feel about that." Was the was that kiss at the end? Because it's like, is he inf- is he going to infect her? You know what's what's going on here? But it wasn't like um, it wasn't that cheesy Twilighty bullcrap type of romance that you have in like Eye Zombie or whatever. Yes, um, it was it was definitely like a real moment of this is a this is sort of a human being still who is feeling a very passionate emotion in the midst of this crisis. Per- um, which I really yeah, like. Correct, and and that's that's where the whole, you know, the theme of the uh, of the whole zombie film. You know, when we when we're able to create this full length feature film, that's basically his whole mindset will be almost throughout the whole entire film is that same sort of mindset. You know, he we have the characteristics of a human, but his facial, you know, his whole makeup of uh, will be changing into a zombie, but still have this, like I said, still be like a human have feelings like a human and be able to do things like a human even more because now he's kind of have this also, you know, other element of him of being also a zombie, you know, and, um, you know, where, of course, he cannot, he can't really die. So, it, it, you know, that pretty, you know, he'll be the walking dead, but yet, the you know, he'll also have the whole human characteristic thing going on. And you could play a lot, you could play yeah. a lot with that, you know, and, um, and like I said, I thought it was really cool. I think it's you know time the timing for the whole zombie thing to change, and um, and you could see it. I think there there are like some zombie films out there right now that that are having zombie twists to it, having different kind of storylines to it. And I'm starting to see that, that a lot of people are um, you know starting to say, hey, you know what? Let's let's take this. Let's uh, let's, let's create this and evolve it a little bit more. Um, you know, my favorite whole thing, you know, I, and I tell people is. Uh, you know, going back to Thriller and Michael Jackson, you know, he was he was a badass zombie, and he's never evolved from that. And we're talking about something that came out in 1980, what, 83, 84, and he was mm-hmm. such a badass zombie. But yet no one took that and evolved it and ran with it. You know, he just stayed there in the 83 or 84 mm-hmm. and never, you know. And, um, you know, to this day, that's probably one of, um, what I would say, top three best uh, zombie films, even though it's a music video. Yeah, Yeah, easily one of the best of all time for sure. Yeah. And I just, I just finished watching the second second season of, uh, of daredevil. I don't know if you're a Marvel fan at all. Um, your, your main character, Aaron felt so much like Frank Castle to me, especially in that last episode where his face looks like it's all shot up with some kind of bird shot. Or something. Oh, really? I I, I definitely didn't catch it, but now that you tell me, it's intriguing me not to watch it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just he feels like this, and 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 I. It seems like there's a lot of story that's happening between each of the clips, and and I've only seen the clips. I didn't, you know, like I said uh, when you were coming on, I I didn't realize that you actually had a Kickstarter. I really did a poor job of doing my homework this week. It seems like, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know that you had a comic either. Um, but I really like how you get this little tiny snapshot and then, and then I'm assuming your comic fills a lot of this stuff in. Yeah, I, that's, you know, 
I just just to you know fill you in on the comic uh, part, you know, um, I was really lucky to find uh, Simone. Uh, he's an Italian artist, uh, comic book artist. His last name is uh, Guglielmini. Uh, sorry if I can't pronounce that, but he's a. Uh, he, sounds he, right he, to me. <laughs> he's a, an awesome art, artist. He also is uh, responsible of the comic book from Image Comics called Near Death. It's also a very popular comic. If you ever look it up, it's called Near Death Image Comics, and he's also responsible. He's uh he's the art, the main artist there creating that comic book, and um, we hit it off very well on online. We just by accident met, and we both appreciated each other's you know work and our craft. And he went back and forth of how he liked this whole zombie thing. And again, just like everybody, he's like, dude, I I like just the way how it just seems different. Something about it, he said, it was just different. And, you know, I, we talked about, you know, hey, what do you think about coming on board and creating a comic book, you know, for the Zion with a Shotgun? I think I told him that we had five episodes and the actors, you know, based, you know how it is. Actors, they go on, they do other things. And the actors, you know, they don't live in New York. I live in New York. So, you know, the, there was five episodes and there was nothing really going on because it was difficult for me to bring the actors back to New York. And the comic book was just perfect. It was, you know, to to announce that there was this that Simone was on board of creating this comic for me with me, and it was just great. He loved the whole idea. I wrote the, you know, the, the twenty page script, and he loved the whole idea, and we took it from there. So with the comic book and the web series, and just putting all the mix, you know, we feel strong that you know we're ready to take it to the next level. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And actually, I, I lost my train of thought in the middle of that. Um, he felt by the end of it like this unstoppable force that was going to be doing something, you know, like like we don't know what yet as the audience. Um, from my perspective, I, I mean, maybe uh, other parts of the audience do know, but it was just this fantastic moment of like you could hear the helicopters coming in to land and him looking off in the distance at them. And, and there was this sort of like – Man, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I kind of can't wait to see it. So yeah, yeah, those are the those are the ones that really work, right? When they have those kind of cliffhanger kind of moments, or it just it just makes the audience want to just want to watch more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, like the character is the way you explain it is definitely similar, and um, that's. Uh, um, I think the cool thing about having, um, um, you know, taking this to the to the next level or a future length film, just just seeing a, a zombie out there just uh, kicking ass, I think it would just be so awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, um, with your film, would be would the plan be to go back to the beginning, so to speak, or would you start? Would you pick up the, the storyline after uh, what we've seen so far? in the comics and in, and in the short web videos? Um, you know, it's interesting because the way the film starts, it starts off like in the, it's like already happening. Gotcha. So, yeah. So it, I would say, yes, you could take it from where it, it um, yes, definitely. It, it takes off from the series, but yet, you know, of course we have our, um, you know, there are some flashbacks that goes back and everything, but, Yes, the film just starts off, boom, here we are, this is what's going on. And then, you know, you go back and forth with some, you know, the flashback scenes and everything. Because we, we, we didn't really want to go to the whole, you know, 
I don't know, you know, the whole uh, origins of how he was infected and everything like that. We just felt like, let's just get into the action. And I think, you know, especially at this time of era that we're in, everyone has a small attention span. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we don't really want to just, okay, this guy's doing this and that. And like, you know, three quarters of the film, oh, that's how he got infected. You know, it's just, no. So we just going right in it. So we definitely like can say it's continuing right off the series. Fantastic. I actually had a question. Uh, I, when I watched the series in episode two, was that like, was he foreseeing the future of what was to come? Yes. Okay. Okay. I I was kind of lost at that. And then when I saw the next episode, I was like, Oh, it must've been foretelling. (laughs) Yeah. It it, it was, it was was this whole atmospheric kind of episode of what's, you know, foretelling, like he said, it's it's sort of like what's going to happen with him and him kind of feeling the effects of him having this virus in him and just giving him this sort of like different sort of uh, feeling of his, uh, of his body. Yeah. His mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, out of curiosity, now you say your Kickstarter right now is looking to uh, raise fifty thousand dollars to uh, make your movie happen. Um, since I don't really have like a like a background or any kind of knowledge in film production, uh, to me fifty thousand dollars seems like such a low number to produce a movie. And you're absolutely right. Um, we we what well, this is what we wanted to do. You know, we, everybody was telling me to go to Indiegogo, where you know the mm-hmm. whole difference between Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Where Indiegogo, you're able to keep the money, regardless what kind of you know budget that you 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 put your goal into. And Kickstarter, you know, if you don't raise the money, everyone gets the money back. And we felt that fifty thousand dollars was a great number to start, where we could start production at least, and be able to worry about post production down the line. You know, and so we mm-hmm. felt that you know having the script done in a very low budget, plus we having that money is we can take it to a, a a production house and with that money we can be able to match a dollar for dollar or even them come a little bit more and say hey look we have this money we can come in with your your production company also and we can make an you know we can make now instead of a $50,000 film we can make a $100,000 film and you know you can do a lot of wonders now as you can see with you know with the whole you know camera equipment and actors and you know just everybody coming on board and, and again, you know, go back to that. I didn't want to be able to go to Indiegogo and then raise $20,000 and then have the money in my hand. I'm like, now what? Now what? You know, now make mm-hmm. a $20,000 film, is, that is nearly impossible. Right. Um, you don't want to end up with like a Manos Hands of Fate thing. Yes. Yeah, so it's yeah. like either you do it or you don't. If I don't raise it, I don't raise it. You know, and a lot of people say, oh, you should have gone to Indiegogo. And I'm like, dude. If I went to Indiegogo and I got twenty thousand dollars, there's no way I can make this film. Right. Just absolutely yeah, yeah. no way. And it's either either hit that goal or not. And I'm not gonna waste my time to say, oh, I got twenty thousand dollars in my hands. Okay, guys, who's gonna help me? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. At least fifty thousand dollars will kickstart that. It will start the engine. It will go. And you know, we can definitely, you know, you can do wonders. And you know, you know how it is. You know, you have you have this money. You see the uh, the campaign go higher. You get people more. You, there's a possibility of this, and 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 that is the truth. 
There is a lot of people, you can never believe what they say, though. There's a lot of people that come and say, hey, look, if you make this campaign work, I'll come on board with money, you know. So, but again, you know, there's a lot of people that just talk to me about it. I just say to them, listen, that sounds nice. Um, let me first reach to go. Right. You know, if we don't make it, there's no dialogue. You know, so that, yeah. that's the whole thing. And $50,000 definitely can start the whole, um, can start the engine. Anything lower than that, you know, it's just, it, and I, I can't lie. I can't lie to the fans and I can't lie to the audience. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not worth it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, with uh, with speaking of kind of like starting out, um, when I was uh back in high school, uh, <laughs> maybe at towards the end of junior high into the beginning of high school, uh, me and a couple of my friends, we would actually get together and like create like little like movies and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, it wasn't anything special. It, it was a lot of horror movies because I think it's a lot easier to create a horror movie than any other type of movie because you don't really need like a lot of like. I guess action, um, you know, like scream. You know, you could easily make scream of home video camera. Anyways, um, <laughs> we we did that because it was kind of fun, and like one well, of my friends had like a real passion for it. Uh, where do you think that your like passion for movies like started, like creating the movies and all that? Hmm, that's a good question. I I would have to say my passion started, I would say in the early nineties when the whole thing of the whole, you know, Quentin Tarantino explosion, when Brothers McMullen came out, um, you had all these independent Buffalo 66, and when you was able to see independence at its finest on that big screen, you was able to say, wow, you know, that's, that's what I always wanted to do. And, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, you get, you was able to see the control of a filmmaker finally in, like I said, in that large scope. And you, you knew it was the director's direct, you know, that was the, his direction or her direction to tell a story. And it was just awesome. You knew it felt different from everybody. And watching those films in the early 90s, you said to yourself, wow, you know, that, that really definitely, that definitely inspired me to go out there more and do it and say, hey, you know what? There is a voice for us out there. It's just gotten bigger. And, and now it's even much, much bigger from, from you know, this, we're going 20 years later, 25 years later. It's even so much now. You know, you, you see so many people making films now. But I think those films are the ones that inspired me who just basically put the spark under me and just said, you know, I can do this. Um, so those, those films, you know, of course, you know, I love, I love also, I love all types of films. It's just as long as um, um, the story is good. Right. Makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was just um, I was just trying to get an idea. Like, I don't know if like, like, did did you used to make movies and stuff like when you were younger? Like, yeah, it's it's funny if you say that because I used to do the same thing. I used to do horror films, <laughs> and we. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird because like whenever we did the horror film, horror films, I always ended up being like. I guess like the bad guy in it. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was always like the bigger guy of all my friends, and like my friend who's like really like into these movies, and he's like huge into horror movies. 
Um, he was always like the small scrawny guy, so he was always like the hero somehow. But I mean, compared to him, to compared to me, I am like six two. I'm about over four hundred pounds, so I'm a big dude compared to him, who was roughly around like five six, five seven, like one twenty, soaking wet. Um, somehow he always ended up, you know, coming up, coming up on top and everything. Regardless if I was like a burglar or a monster or something like that. Um, I always wanted to be the good guy, but for some reason, you know. Can't really be afraid of Sony's five, five, six, five, seven. <laughs> that is, that is yeah. cool. You know, it's you know, you bring me back memories too when I used to do my films, and we used to have this boom box, right? And we, you know, of course, CDs back days, and you know, we didn't have the the editing equipment, you know, uh, that we have now. And we used to have this <laughs> boom box, and we used to have all our CDs from hor- our favorite horror films. You know, of course, Halloween was always our top one there, and. You had the Exorcist, and you know we had all these soundtracks from horror films. So we would actually sync in the sound, the music when the scene of uh, that we would create this scary scene coming in, and we would have my friend just put the volume just a little higher, faded it in, faded. I'm telling you, I I still remember that it was so bootleg, but it was unbelievable. It was so cool, and uh, I remember a friend of mine uh, I bumped into a very long time ago. I had a friend. I just I bumped into him. I haven't seen him in a very long time. And he reminded me of that. He's like, wow, dude, I, I remember when you was young, you used to make these films. And uh, I said, I remember used to see you guys do it. And I said, wow, you know, I guess the dream is, is, is going to come true. And I was like, dude, the dream's been true even back then because, you know, again, I was able to create something. So that's what I always, you know, that's what I told him. Oh, yeah. That was like, I mean, like when, when we started out, we started out with like, we borrowed like my friend's parents' camera. And like when we would do like the credits, we would just draw each like person's name out on like a piece of paper. And we always used Rob Zombie. He was our go to like horror suspense movie, like theme song guy. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so as soon as like we would press record, we'll cue the music because we had no idea how to edit anything at this point. So we just went as we went. If we screwed up, we just had to rewind back and then start recording again. But like as the song's playing, we'll be dropping like the papers in and everything. So every single movie you watch of ours, you think it's all together because it starts the same, the same music. It ends up like somebody sleeping on the couch and hearing a noise and has to go find it. <laughs> Like, I mean, and we, we did this over the span. I think it had to be like two, two and a half years. And like, we, we got like really giddy, like schoolgirls when we found out that we could create credits and stuff online or like not even online, but like on a software program. And then we could edit the whole show, whole movie on there too. So like when we f- first started out, we did like 15, 20 minute movies and it took like an hour to record it because we knew what we wanted to do and we just did it. Then we started getting more into it. Then we started making 45-minute long movies, and that took like three weeks to do because we, because as we're doing it, we just want to make it more and more perfect. Yeah, that's uh, and like, go ahead. Oh yeah, it's just like it's and it's doing that made me like actually more interested in like film and everything. Like I actually thought like I wanted to like go to school for film and all this other stuff. And then I realized I'm horrible at school. So I ended up not doing that. <laughs> and we actually have like three, I think we have like three different movies that are like had like one of them's done but not edited. The other is like we have like the first like half of the movie done and then finish it and then the other one we have like ideas for it and never got created. And it always bothered me that we never did stuff like that because it's like we started and then we never finished. I think you know it's funny that you said that because it's. I think that's every filmmaker's like like nightmare. You know, I 
I can tell you that, you know, when I started shooting, I shot a lot of stuff on 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter, you know, and I was in going to school, going mm -hmm. to college and everything. And there's projects that I even shot that's still in the can from like 15, 20 years ago. And I'm like, dude, it's like, I'm look, I look at it and I'm like, what am I going to do with that? When am I ever going to see this film? Come? I, you know, I haven't even processed the film. It's really upsetting because, you know, processing is really expensive. I even have stuff that is processed and never even finished it. But that, I think that's just the nightmare of filmmakers always um, never have, you know, a project that is, uh, needs to be finished. Yeah, it's like it actually kind of reminds me of. Uh, have you ever uh, heard of a movie or seen a movie called Pool Hall Junkies? No. All right, uh, Pool Hall Junkies. Uh, it's basically just about uh, a hustler who goes into his pool uh, clubs, hustles people for pool, uh, goes into a tournament. Uh, it's a great movie if you've ever seen it. Definitely gotta check it out. But I mean, though that was one of the movies, um, if I remember right. Um, at a young age, a guy wrote the idea, came up with it, and wanted to put it together, and it didn't happen. I think for like 15, 20 years. And then eventually he was able to do it. But by the time he was able to do it, he had to play an older character rather than the younger character he wanted to do. Um, I wish I could look up, uh, I wish I had time to like look up all the information for it. But I kind of get what you're saying as compared to that, because you have an idea for a movie and it turned out to be a really great movie. It's just like, it could have came out a lot earlier if they were able to have the, uh, the means to it and the uh, access to funds and production, I guess, for it. Hmm. I'm looking at it right now. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great cast in yeah. there. I mean, anything with Christopher Walken is. Yeah. Once I saw it, I'm like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've never seen it though. Yes. Fifteen years ago. Wow. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, cause I th yeah, I think I think there was like a large gap in between the idea of it coming out and it actually being produced. Um. I think I think the main, uh, main character uh, I can't think of the name, but I think uh, the originally the main character wanted to play the younger brother of the character he ended up playing because of the whole time frame uh, that it took. But, you know, it, it is you know, and we, you know, these filmmakers. I, I guarantee if we, you know, a lot of these filmmakers out there, I bet you there's a lot of stories like that. They had these ideas, fifteen. Um, 20 years ago, you know, I, you know, Nemo was an interesting one. Nemo, uh, Disney's Nemo, he had wrote that when he was in um, high school. Oh, seriously? I had no idea. Yeah. And, um, he married his, uh, high school sweetheart and she even said that he used to draw Nemo fish. Huh. And he used to tell her this, I'm going to make this story one day. And I don't know how many years later he actually did do the story. He did it, and his uh, his 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 wife even said, "I remember he used to do it all the time. He used to always talk about I'm gonna create the story. I'm gonna make the story." And there you go, he did it. Wow. Yeah. Well, well. So in your uh, in your Kickstarter uh, profile information, it says that uh, your interest was in 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 cinema and photography was first. Uh, drawn by Scorsese's Raging Bull. What about that movie uh, drew you into the the art? Oh, man. You know... Um, if you don't mind me asking, it's cool if no, you don't want. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it. You know, uh, you know, Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. You know, that beginning of that film has to be, to me, has to be one of the best intros. 
when you have him in slow motion boxing in that ring, having that beautiful Italian music come on. And I don't know if you guys remember it or you guys, that intro it just itself is just beautiful. It's mind-blowing. And it's just seeing black and white film at his best, you know. And I remember seeing that film. I think it was just awesome. I think everything, all everything in that film was just, to me, um, I don't know. It's just incredible, you know, the, the whole character development, the way it was written, the way the pace, you know, the way the characters came alive. It, you know, it was also based on a true story. Um, it was just beautiful. Everything on it. Uh, everything about the film was just beautiful. I just, you know, admired Martin Scorsese's films, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, even if, if, if that's one of my bios, um, one of my bios did talk about Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. Mm. And those were like my two films that really inspired me when I was young, you know, watching those films. Um, I think Taxi Driver just has to be the fact that, you know, me being from New York City, and looking at it, you know, and even now looking at it, it's like, wow, that's that, that's how New York City used to feel like. Definitely, you know, now it's just like, you know, Disneyland. Right. <laughs> Seriously. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it was just, it was just that rawness. I think that rawness of just, you know, uh, Robert De Niro at his best, you know, um, unfortunately never, you know, never had a big hit from that, from that film. Hmm. Um, that's just, you know, it, it was just, it's just an amazing film. And again, like I said, from the very beginning, you know, it has, it has the very, you know, the, the, the story that, you know, it, it's the tragedy, the tragedy of a, a man who was, you know, boxer who became a champion and lost it all. You know, he, gotcha. he got that American dream that we all, you know, we all dream about and to the top and fell to the bottom and, you know, you feel for the character at the very end, and I think that's just also the thing that it, you know brought me to it. It's just how the character was very, you know, you fell for him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you create stories like that, when you have characters that you feel, and you know, and everyone can resonate, the audience can resonate and feel bad for, you did your job for your film. You, you really did. Wow. I tell you, you've you've definitely sold me on those two movies, which I don't know that I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it draws to mind a question for me. Um, uh, it seems like the, these are two films that have made a huge impact on on not just maybe your your desire to be a filmmaker, but maybe your life or your your view of the art in general. Um, one of the things that I, I recall from like Tarantino is that the way that he learned to do dialogue was kind of ripping it off of other people's. Uh, sort of style of dialogue. Are there elements of these films that you think might make it into films that you produce um, or have made it into films that you produced and either something you've intentionally done or, or maybe thinking back on it now, you're like, Oh yeah, maybe I did do that. Um, yeah, I really do think so. I think, you know, uh, you know, you, you, you try not to, you know, well, I wouldn't say you try not to. I mean, because everyone who's inspired by their favorite artist or filmmaker, whatever, there is definitely imitations that you try to take or styles you like to take and you try to incorporate in your own work. And I think that, I think a lot of, I think, I don't have a very, you know, people say, who's your favorite filmmaker? I think that I really don't have a favorite filmmaker, I think, because every filmmaker has that one gem, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's very difficult to say, you know, that my favorite filmmaker. And I think all these filmmakers that I, you know, because I do love Martin Scorsese and I do love Quentin Tarantino. 
Um, you know, really, Scott is also one of my favorites. I love, I love his work. Oh, he's and so have, good. And, and, and then you have James Cameron. And look at all those filmmakers, right? You have Quentin Tarantino who brings this edgy kind of style with dialogue. And then you have, you know, really Scott that would have, you know, the, the imagery with, you know, with, with his uh, large scope, you know, uh, mechanics and everything that's going on. And mm-hmm. the, the digital. And then you have Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese that kind of likes to keep things organic. You know, kind of has that old-fashioned feel, filmmaking. You know, having everything kind of, uh, you know, stillmatic going on. And those, those are all different styles. You know, and and you know, of course, I, I do like to bring. Um, um, I think my whole thing. I like to bring my New York, you know, city style into my films. I try to bring that whole kind of edgy kind of feel to it. Gotcha. New York, New York City has been a big uh, inspiration for me as a filmmaker growing up here, and um, just you know, you know, I, I I grew up right in the Lower East Side, right in the smack middle of Chinatown and Little Italy. You know, you had Chinatown is right to my right, and and you got you know Little Italy and Chinatown, it just right there in the smack in the middle, and then just go a couple more blocks, and you got Lower East Side, mm-hmm. and just in a daily basis of of where I grew up, and I still still live there. Um, you know, you get to see so much great things. You know, you get to see, you know, how Chinatown interacts. You got how Lower East Side used to, uh, how to, they interact. And you see these different sort of cultures and ethnic groups every single day. And you're like, wow, this is just so amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and you got a little early. I mean, even though a little early is shrinking down, it's not as much as, you know, as big as it used to be. You know, it, it's um, a big inspiration. And I try to take those. I try to incorporate all those sort of things that I grow up watching and seeing and try to bring them into my films. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so, so being from New York, um, are you a Yankees fan? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love the edginess on both sides here and asking yeah. that question and an answering it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Cool. Uh, a couple, 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 uh, couple questions about that Let's then. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's, what's your thoughts on uh, A-Rod and everything he had to deal with in the last couple of years? Um, I, listen, I was always a big A-Rod fan, even with that whole, uh, you know, steroid thing. I still love them after. I think New York, compared to everyone out of this, you know, out of New York, uh, you know, they hated him. And I think New York kind of, um, we, we had his back, believe it or not, here in, in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, we had his back, even though there was fans that were, you know, upset or disappointed by him. But, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I always try to, I always, I always try to compare the fan that is so angry at a player for what? Why are you so angry? You know, just people that you talk to and say, "Oh, I hate A Rod," and they put so they put all their emotions and passion. They're so passionate about that hate. It's like, why? Why are you mm-hmm. so angry? Well, you know, and I try to understand that. I I, I can't really understand why is it a fan can be so angry at a player for you know doing what he's doing. You know, whatever he's done bad and everything like that. And I. I just have to say, you know, psychologically, there's something that, you know, you see in these players and I feel like a lot of fans, you know, they take their anger and their frustration out on these players uh, because they may not be able to succeed in life. Maybe they weren't the great one or they just, you know, wish they can be that person. But just these people are so emotionally, you know, 
um, involved on a player that's going to be rich, richer than anybody. And, <laughs> you know, he's, he's going to be made fun of. But tomorrow, he's going to be more richer than, than, I don't know, 95% of the people. Right. I just, don't get, I just yeah. don't get that. And I just never got myself involved in, in that whole emotional thing about it. I, you know, I, I, I look at him as a player. And sometimes a lot of people always say, you know, these guys are, you know, these guys are role models. I don't know if they're role models. You know what I mean? They just, you know, these guys, you know, they ain't going to do anything to make it to the big leagues. And if they have to take whatever you call it, drugs, anabolic, steroids, they're going to do it. And yeah. Yeah, the uh, and, and that's the thing. It's like it's like I understand that like what what he did was illegal, and uh, him being punished for it was probably the right thing. But I think the biggest thing that people are missing is that yes, the steroids gave him more of a power, more of a pop off his bat. But when push comes to shove, he still has to make contact with that ball, and steroids doesn't help your eye contact with hitting. I agree. So I mean, I mean like and and. With with what Yankee Stadium is now, I mean, a toddler can hit a ball out of that field. Yes, you guys have such short <laughs> balls; it's crazy. Okay, okay, here he goes. Here he goes. Yeah, I, I, I know where this is going to. But no, listen, I I totally agree with you. I mean, um, I think the guy is still a great athlete, and I think he'll be always. Um, unfortunately, he's always going to be have a I don't know a dent in his. Uh, career because of this uh, who knows in 10 years 15 years now you know i i i say let him i say let him use it i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. oh and, that, and that's what it is i mean like i mean ba- baseball is a lot more entertaining when people are crushing home runs um the unfortunate thing is i don't think that he will get into the hall of fame because of it which is an unfortunate thing because he had a great career even before he started doing what he did and I think he said, like, after 2017, he's going to end up retiring, and I think they're still going to make a huge deal about it. Just like with Derek Jeter when he retired, I think they're still going to give him the ceremonies. I think they're still going to give him the respect and everything. Um, but I think he may miss that Hall of Fame uh, opportunity because of the situation that he put himself in. Yeah, okay. which is a real bummer. I, I don't really – I'm not a sports guy, and I would love to be. It's just something that's – it's really hard for me to, to muster up the energy to care about it for whatever reason. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of with that, like that Lewis black joke where it's, he, he makes that joke about, uh, who is it? Uh, Lance Armstrong. Uh, he won all those things on that, on those steroids or whatever. And it's like, if he was able to do that on that, why aren't we all on that? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, I'm not, not that I'm advocating drug use, but it's just, I don't know. And, and, and I think with baseball, there's. It seems like the only people who ever get caught using are the the people who hit home runs all the time. They're not really testing any of the outfielders or the pitchers or the catchers or anybody else on the field. They're only catching. They're only trying to catch the high profile players, and I think that's garbage. So yeah, and, and you know, just to go back to say, you know, you know, if just because you take steroids, are you going to hit home runs? Look what happened two weeks ago, right? Barry Bonds. The, his players challenge him on a home run derby, and at uh-huh. a fifty what years old, he beat them all. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me, was was he on it? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's skill at that yeah. point, and I mean, like, and it's it's one of the things that's unfortunate. Like, you know, Barry Bonds definitely should be in the Hall of Fame too. It's like, 
it, it's crazy that you know there's all these circumstances that's preventing it but at the same time it's like if you go back and you look at everyone who's in there now like how do you know none of them did it it's like just because like you think they didn't do it you have to move on from it and it doesn't right. make sense yeah. i'm with you but I was also surprised that I and I thought that they I thought the Yankees would have, but how could they not pick up uh, Chris Davis as a left-handed power hitter with that short wall you guys have in right center? That's something that baffled me too about the uh, season. I think I think it has to do with money. I mean, I, don't, I think they just trying to unload on Teixeira and they're trying to unload on um, A Rod to get out. I think that's a big problem. Oh, what, what what was it? It was like when when Jeter was there and when Cano was there, like that infield was probably the highest. I think it was the highest paid infield on yeah. baseball. I think it was almost like each person was making twenty plus million dollars a year. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it's so funny because when Jeter was retiring, you know, you know, a lot of people get angry. You know, I keep I I always tell how it is. You know how I see it. I don't get. I love I love baseball. I love the New York Yankees, but I don't get emotionally involved in the whole thing and i always say if jerry jeter wasn't if he left that year that whole retirement year that he had we would have made it to the playoffs it was like 10 games we were like i don't know nine games but we lost so many games because they left them in the game you know and because they wanted Mm -hmm. this whole big ceremony for jeter every game and i just felt like oh dude get him out already but you know it's just I, i you know (laughs) <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that and that was the unfortunate thing too is like i mean like you want you want to give this guy his dues but at the same time you you want to be able to win it's like it's like the white Sox. paul canerico retired that same year but paul canerico i think out of 162 games he may have played like 60 of them like he didn't play a whole lot he platooned a lot off the bench he pitched hints when uh, he needed to and even in his final game that uh, me and Colin actually went to his final game they took him out in the sixth inning Damn. Yeah, they took him out like, early. Yeah, it's just like I mean, like he he went out. Um, I think they did one out in like either the fifth or sixth inning, and then he walked off. They waved someone and replaced him. It, it's just bad because like even though even though the Sox were already like done done, like they weren't going to go anywhere where they were. They still wanted to win the game. And they still did what's best, and that's something that I think Paul Canerco understood. It's like you know, regardless of just my last year or not, was done is done. You know, put someone else in who gives the opportunity, especially as a minor league player, uh, give him the opportunity to play more and all this other stuff. And uh, that's what baffled me. I mean, like, and I know, like, you know, Jeter is great. Jeter is a first ballot Hall of Famer guaranteed, just like uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was this year. Yeah. But you can't jeopardize winning a championship to give this guy one last hurrah every single home game. I, I, you know, a lot of, I listen, this New York loves Jeter. I love Jeter too. And I, I can't even tell people this, but what, what I just told you guys, they get still jumped down, down my throat. Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's the truth. Jeter, we should have got out. We would have made it at least the playoffs because he held the team back. And it's like, oh boy. But who do you think, uh, who do you think has the best chance to win the World Series this year? Cubs. Cubs. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, Pirates. <laughs> You gonna say Pittsburgh? Yeah. See, so, yeah, it was weird because uh, we we did a show. Is your last two weeks ago? No, it was two weeks ago. We did uh yeah two weeks ago we did a show where we had another uh, podcast host come on and we did like our like ro- uh, roster prediction for the playoffs. I actually put a uh, Cubs Sox World Series in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hard hard yeah. not to when you I, grow I up think, Chicago. 
<laughs> I but I mean like I mean granted yeah if you look at it it's like okay this guy's from Chicago that's what he did but it's just you have to look at it overall it's like the Sox have the potential to do really good and I think they're actually going to do it this year compared to what the Cubs I mean they're doing phenomenal and I think they're just going to keep on growing I think Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh one of the last teams undefeated or Baltimore is also undefeated but I think Pittsburgh is also undefeated yeah, Pittsburgh too. Yeah, Pittsburgh is even since from last year I think they I think this is this year. I think they they're going on the Kansas City kind of run that they're going to refuse to lose. Well, that would be exciting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um Hilton before uh before we say our goodbyes to you. Once again, thank you for coming on the show. It was awesome talking with Likewise, you. Likewise, definitely. Um where uh where can uh, our listeners find um your uh, web series uh zombie with a shotgun and all that? Yeah, I the best thing for anybody to do is to go to Google and just search zombie with a shotgun. As soon as you Google that, you will see the very first episode there, and you'll see everything. Um, I have everything set up as with zombie with a shotgun, but just for the audience, um, I have zombie with a shotgun dot dot com. Uh, Facebook.com slash zombie with a shotgun, Instagram.com slash zombie with a shotgun. The videos, you can watch Vimeo.com slash zombie with a shotgun. Uh, Twitter's a little bit different because they don't allow you all those uh, characters. So it's uh, Twitter.com zombie WA shotgun. And I'm there on, on, you know, on a regular daily basis on Twitter. Anybody can ask me a question, tweet me, direct message me, follow me, and I'll follow them back. It may take a little while, but sometimes I'm, but I will follow anybody who follows me back. You can start a conversation. Um, you, if you want to ask me a direct question, you can act, uh, email me at zombie with a shotgun movie at gmail.com. And for the Kickstarter, um, you go to kickstarter.com uh, and um, I pretty short slash uh, zombie with a shotgun or you just go Google Kickstarter zombie with a shotgun um, again you could go there uh, we are raising we're trying to raise $50,000 for the film we have right now $9,000 we have about I think 47 days left um, it's not that long um, we you know, again the fans are the ones that are going to make this happen there are perks out there on the page that you can purchase they start as low as $7 all the way to $10,000. Of course, that's a number that you have to put there just in case you never know. But you have like 20, mm-hmm. you have a 20, you know, I always tell everybody the $25 is probably the best perk, you know, because you pre order the DVD. I mean, you pre order the, the, the film. Um, you know, you get a stream, uh, you get a link for it, plus you get a bumper sticker. Um, you want the DVD. With uh, the bumper sticker, you, you, it's fifty dollars, and then you have other stuff like posters, T-shirts. Um, if you want to get zombified, you can get drawn up by the artist who is drawing zombie with a shotgun. Uh, there's a perk there that you send your headshot, and you can also get drawn out. And of course, the ultimate perk there. Oh, there's two zombie perks. If you ever wanted to be in a zombie film, here's your chance. You can uh, purchase a perk where you would join us in the set as a zombie. And the second high, the second zombie perk is also to be a zombie and be killed, have an awesome kill as a zombie. You know, get your head chopped off, you get blown up or whatever. So it's tough to be. Other, yeah, there's, uh, there's other perks there you can get. 
Um, I also like to tell the fans too that if we don't raise the fifty thousand dollars, you you your money's uh will be returned back to you guys. So that's the good thing about it. Yeah, they don't even they don't even Kickstarter doesn't even charge until after the uh the project yes. ends. So Yes. And again, you know, I, I did that, you know, again to to the question that you asked or that, you know, I felt that, you know, I couldn't be able to make a film lower than fifty thousand dollars. And if I can't reach that goal, I don't wanna waste anybody's time, especially mine. Right. You know. So there you go, guys. I hope you guys could enjoy. And I, and I, I really tell your audience to watch that first episode. Again, Google Zombie with a Shotgun. The first episode pops up. Four, average, four minutes is something. You will love it. You'll get hooked. And then you can make up your mind if you want to join us in this Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, I, I, I absolutely hope that nobody's money gets refunded back to them because I definitely hope that uh, you do reach your goal. And... Uh, we're uh, we're gonna actually uh, we're gonna put a link to the uh, Kickstarter to the actual YouTube videos, uh, your Twitter and all that. We're gonna put it in the show notes, and we're also gonna promote it on our website and our Facebook and Twitter as well. Just get the uh, name out there a little Much more. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. No uh, problem. Thank you for coming on. Great. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, just to give you a heads up, um, we're going to. Uh, take you off the uh, show. It's going to say you got kicked, but it's not because we don't like you. It's just because that's what it says. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> just to let you know. <laughs> well, so I guess right. I have to say my last goodbyes, right? <laughs> yeah. Guys, yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. For yeah, that. absolutely. Anytime, oh, man. You, you know, yeah, definitely. I definitely would love to come yeah. back. I mean, you know, you'll be seeing me again. Oh, here Sounds good. Me. Even if you want to shoot the shit about the comic or uh, uh, baseball or, or whatever, man, we'll have you. Dude, anytime. Yeah, if yeah, if you if you want, actually, if you want to be part of it, uh, kind of a crappy plug on my end. But if you want to be part of our contest we have going on right now, to where you create your own playoff bracket and want to get in on the fun, um, you have until the end of the month to do that. And the winner who creates the perfect bracket gets a this freaking show fan package. Will do. Oh, will do. Yep. Uh, thank you. Again. Have a good night. All right. That was fantastic. I like yeah. that guy. That was awesome. Yeah. So let's uh, – who, who, who are we plugging this week? You know what? I actually didn't even look oh. up anybody. I, no, actually, no, I, I lied. I did. I just had to find the I name. See, if if not, I'm cool just uh, talking about this for a while and then signing off. Yeah, yeah, we 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 go without uh, promoting this week. There's um, uh, there's again. I just want to mention uh, we do have a contest going on um for uh for the baseball season. Uh, anyone who's interested by the end of April wants to send in a playoff bracket to uh, this freaking show at yahoo.com. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna find the person who creates the perfect playoff bracket. Come October during playoff season, if your bracket is the perfect bracket, we're going to send you a uh, uh, this freaking show fan package. Uh, it's gonna have uh, multiple different items in it. Uh, actually, starting in May, every month we're gonna announce what is in the package. Uh, just kind of give you guys a little, you know, boost. Uh, so if you're looking at May, June, July, August, September. Was that five months? I, I didn't even count what I, I just did. Sure, <laughs> I wasn't counting either. <laughs> five, 
Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, like five different gifts that are going to be packaged up and sent to you. Uh, so make sure you get them in. Like I said, um, I'm in. Uh, GCR from Geekcast Live is in. Uh, we actually did ours two weeks ago before the season even started. So you guys have an advantage because you have an entire month to watch the, watch the games, find out whose standings are at, and uh, get yours in because we would love to get more people involved and uh, just kind of interact with all that. Um, another thing is uh, next week, uh, just kind of give you an idea of what's going on for that show so you can you know, be excited for that as well. Uh, we're going to be doing our uh, Marvel's Avenger versus uh, DC uh, Justice League show. Yes. So uh, I actually, uh, there is a podcast. Uh, that's who I was going to bring up. And uh, for that podcast who is listening, I apologize for forgetting about you guys because I'm – Still, I'm so so focused on our conversation we just had. Um, there we go. Okay, so I've been talking to uh, some guys from a Hot Garbage podcast. <laughs> um, just to give you an idea of who they are, their description on their Twitter says, "Our opinions are the trash. Your ears are dumping grounds. Your ears are the dumping grounds." Join Matt and Dan talk about movies, video games, TV, and other nerd stuff on Hot Garbage. Um. I've been talking with them for a couple of weeks, and I actually was explaining to them, well, telling them about how we're going to do a Avengers versus Justice League show. And to sum up, what they said is, "What's the point? DC's going to win because they're all powerful." Um, it's a valid point. It's, it is a valid point. He he said, "I mean, between Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, and uh, Aquaman, apparently they're all indestructible and." very powerful uh people so um so we're gonna have some fun with it uh we're gonna pick five five and five um i haven't really figured out the rules yet but we're not going to do like just the basic uh, avengers basic justice league i want to pick the five strongest avengers so i mean when it comes from captain america thor hulk iron man scarlet witch vision hawkeye black widow and all them like we're gonna pick only five out of them and they'll just go there i don't want to do the original avengers because I think Hawkeye and Black Widow kind of defeat the purpose of going into a superpower battle. That's fair. So, I mean, unless we go with, like, Green Arrow and Hawkeye, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, they kind of fight each other. It's the same thing, just shooting arrows at each other and missing. Right. Um, but we're doing that show next week. Um, I talked to them. Unfortunately, they can't make it on next week because I would love to have them on as guests next week. But um, I believe uh, – they are college students just like you guys, and, you know, schedules conflict. But they will be on our show later, probably in the summer. Uh, so we kind of touch base with them. I'm excited for that. And uh, what else is there? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, but like we are saying, ladies and gentlemen, uh, check out the Kickstarter. Check out Zombie with a Shotgun. Uh, the links to the uh, Kickstarter, the Facebook Twitter, um, every link you can find uh, it's on with a shotgun. We'll make sure to put it in there. We'll put it on our Twitter. We'll put it on our website and everything because this is a Kickstarter that we all believe in. This is a Kickstarter we're all excited for, um, and I really want to see this happen because this is the first time I've been excited for a zombie movie in probably my whole life. Um, I actually think I might agree with you there. Yeah, well, it's just, it's different, and it's different in a good way. You know, it's, it's not the same old, you know, human being versus zombie. It's 
It's, well, and it's, it's and it's serious instead of campy. I mean, you know, there's there's like you know, Shaun of the Dead, which is a great movie and really funny. But I mean, that's a it's a comedy movie, and it's not really a, a zombie apocalypse film in the same sense that like Romero or Zombie with a Shotgun is. Um, and yeah, I just compared the two. So suck it, internet. Feel free to comment <laughs> and tell us what you're what you think about that comment. You know, use the hashtag that just freaking saying. Um, yeah, yeah. Use the hashtag freaking saying and tell tell Joey how right. you feel. <laughs> just be prepared. Um, I'll tell you how I feel uh, back. Oh yeah, he'll respond, but mostly he'll respond flat. in a nice way because because <laughs> I'm a cantankerous old twenty five year old. <laughs> and I'm gonna need you to get off my lawn. Excellent, easy, easy Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh god. Um, yes, Joey, sir. Every week, uh, our listeners could catch Geek Cash Joe here at this freaking show. But if they need more Geek Cash Joe, if you need go? more Geek Cash Joe, you can find me over at the Geek Cast Live podcast at gcl.ninja you can also search geekcast live at on itunes or twitter and you will find us either way um also we're on soundcloud now so uh if you hop over to soundcloud and you search geekcast live we're the one with the the three blue half moons or whatever yeah 11 a.m eastern time we release three blue half moons uh Joey, do you like cognac? I do like cognac. I got like three bottles of cognac for free from uh, a guy at work. So you got to come over and uh, enjoy my first uh, glass of cognac excellent. with me. Yeah, it's, well, maybe there's only two of them. I got Hardy and I got whatever the hell the other one is. Sweet. So I haven't had enough to know what the that. difference between each brand is, but uh, I know that I like it. Yeah. So, Well, I got well, I got two bottles of uh, cognac. I got some Scotch whiskey, J and B Scotch whiskey, and I got a bottle of Canadian Club whiskey. Nice tequila gold, some pucker for Colin. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you have to come over and enjoy that, that with good. me. Uh, <clears throat> again, ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, find uh, this freaking show on Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram just by searching this freaking show. Go to our website, thisfreakingshow.com, where uh, we are linked to our Podbean, so you can check out every show that we do every week. Um, if you have an Apple product, you uh, have an iPhone, iPad, iPod, uh, whatever other fucking Apple product is. <laughs> is that it? Is that about it? iPod, iPad, tablet, or iPod, iPod, iPod whatever. Yeah. Don't matter. Yeah. yeah. Go, on to, go on to iTunes. You can find us there, This Freaking Show. Uh, while you're over there, leave a rate. A review. Uh, give us five stars. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to do this because Rob does it. <laughs> give us five stars. Lie if you have to. <laughs> but of course, I know you won't. <laughs> I, I know you won't lie because we're awesome. <laughs> but yeah, go to iTunes. Uh, give us a review. Rate us and everything. That is what uh, helps iTunes. That's what helps us on iTunes become more popular. That would be appreciated. Um... As always, I am Travesty. I'm Awkward And Tom. I'm Geekcast Joe. Thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.